Hey everyone, welcome to the Hometown Fresh podcast, the show that talks all things grocery, customer service, career development, and more. Today we'll be hearing from our CEO, Kim Eskew, as he speaks with our Senior Vice President of Finance and Chief Financial Officer of almost 37 years, Jim Ants, about his career and upcoming retirement. We'll discuss the ever-shifting and changing grocery industry, as well as Jim's career accomplishments, advice to his younger self, his experience working with Harps for so many years, and what's next on his agenda for retirement. Jim has made a significant impact on our company and grown so much with us since starting here 37 years ago. Listen in to hear what wisdom he has to offer and to learn more about working with Harps long term. Take it away, gentlemen. It's certainly my privilege to be able to have a conversation today with Jim Ants, as Jim and I have existed almost across the hallway from each other for a number of years now, and I've gotten to know Jim pretty well. It's occurred to me that lots of folks, because of Jim's quiet nature, don't know a lot of stuff about how Jim came to live in Springdale, Arkansas, working for Harps. And so, Jim... Uh, why don't you just kind of share, I mean, from New York City to Brooklyn to, and I'm going to mispronounce the name of your uh, hometown, so I'll let you pronounce it, and then to Dallas, and then to Springdale. That's quite a trip and uh, a lot of distance. How did you come to work at Harps Food Stores? Well, let's see. I grew up, at, like you said, in New York. I actually was born in Brooklyn, but when we were little, they wanted to move out to the country, and so they moved out about an hour outside New York City, and I grew up on Long Island. But when I went off to college, I studied engineering at University of Pennsylvania, got a degree there and decided to go to business school. I decided early on that I really didn't, my co-students ended up going to med school. And I realized that I didn't want to go to med school, that I would go get my MBA instead. So I went down to UT Austin. After I got done with UT Austin, I got a job working for Arthur Anderson as a consultant in Dallas. I spent about two years with them, but 10 months of that was a job up here at Harps, replacing their computer system and installing a whole new financial warehouse and payroll package. And so I spent 10 months up here, rolled off the job. During that job, toward the end, the old controller, he wasn't a VP of finance, was Gerald Robertson. And honestly, I just didn't want to work for Gerald. He offered me a job. I was like, no way. Soon after I rolled off in 1986, Harps hired Roger Collins to be the CFO. And Roger had me over the next six months come back from Dallas to do additional work. And then he finally offered me a job. And then I took it because I really loved the people. It was really strange. All of my fellow consultants had never been to a client where we left and they threw us a potluck lunch. All the people we'd worked with, usually it's like you just leave a job and go to the next one. But people here were just wonderful. So I really loved everybody I worked with. Like I said, having a different boss made a difference. Well, you know, and going back to 1987, we were family owned and I know we had some we had some real characters in the office at that time and and having spent so much time here you should have had a pretty good feel for those folks and what they were like to work with and for and so forth. Because there were some tough cookies in our office at that time. And yet, you know, you still came to work here. 
Yeah, again, I came because really Roger offered me the job. I'd be doing IT work, working with all the people in accounting that I had worked with for nine months, ten months. But you're right; those early days, we had we had a lot of say personalities, but there was a lot more of a political angle, especially from some of the top leaders in the company about who's going to take over when when Don ever retired. And there was just like the culture really wasn't as friendly for the whole office, but for accounting and IT, it was really nice. And that changed significantly, I think, when Gerald basically took over Don and some of the other people had left, that the whole culture of the office changed and then just continued to get better and better on the Roger and the U. And it makes it a whole lot easier and nicer place to work. Well, you know, I went through some of that with you as well, and so I'm familiar with those times. And I certainly believe that's true, that it's a much friendlier, nicer place to be today than it was during those times. During that time, you worked on lots of stuff, and I sometimes think all of the big decisions, even though I worked for the company, I really wasn't in the office, and I wasn't privy to lots of the stuff that was going on, but you were part of the executive team and and have a lot of insights into some of the more or less historical moments in the company's history. What would you say were the most memorable things that you were involved in? I'd say early on, probably when we bought the 10 Food for Less stores from Walmart in 1995, that was pretty huge. We were going from, I think, 23 stores to 33. And we were taking these stores over two stores a week for five weeks in a row. And it just stretched us completely, just the manpower involved back then. We had never done anything that large before. But then some of the other really significant ones, nothing can be more significant is when we went from family to ESOP. And that literally went down to the wire. We had to get it complete by the end of August of 2001. And we were here late that night just getting it done, getting everybody to sign off on everything, getting all the funding right. So that was a huge endeavor that took a lot of people to do. Looking back, if we had not finished it when we did, 9-11 occurred a week and a half later. And I don't think we would have had the funding that we need from the banks would have pulled back on us. And then over the last few years, some of the biggest stuff is like CVs uh, acquisition, the Hufford Group acquisition, the market acquisition. Those have been tremendous accomplishments of everybody on the team. So, Well, and, and what a lot of folks that are listening to this probably don't know is that you were intricately involved both in trying to figure out what we should pay for those companies and how to structure it and just a lot of the financial work that went into trying to come up with the offer and the financing and so forth to do those deals you put together or you and J-Max working together put together but you had a big role to play in all of that and certainly as you leave I'm thinking your impact on this company is large you didn't get a lot of accolades for some of those things but you were definitely right in the heat of battle and uh, doing a whole lot of the work in order to make those things come to fruition. During your time here, what were the most enjoyable things? Maybe, you know, you had different responsibilities along the way. You started off mainly just in information systems, and then you graduated to finance and so forth. So what were some of the most enjoyable times that you remember? 
I would say a lot of it early on in IT because I could fix the system. I could make changes. The company was much smaller back then. When I came, there was only 16 stores, but we only had 300 and something million dollars in sales. So within the accounting IT group, there's a lot of camaraderie there. We play golf every every week, and thankfully that's beyond me now. But it was just a, a really easy place to work since it was so small. As we grew, we had to add more staff in every area until we're the size we are today today, but it's always been the people have been the most enjoyable things. And we go out of our way to try to keep the culture really, really good. We do fun activities with the office and just get people to try to loosen up and view each other more like family than just workmates. Looking back 37 years ago when you were starting, if you could go back to then and tell your younger self some tips, things to watch out for, what kind of advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? Really, I've thought about that question, and it's like I was very, very blessed and fortunate to basically originally working for Roger, then working for you, that just given opportunities grow. It's like take every opportunity you can to grow. Titles are irrelevant. Don't get hung up on titles. Enjoy what you're doing and the people you work with is more important than pay, more important than titles. So. Who do you think was the most impactful person when you think back over your career and whether it was a mentor, a friend, or or just someone you enjoyed? I mean, who was that person? Is there a person or persons that stand out? I'd say the, the biggest person, at least from a career-wise, would be Roger Collins. He hired me. He gave me lots of opportunities along the way. I started as the director of IT, then got to be VP of IT. When he got promoted up, he offered me the job as VP of finance. And the other kind of great thing about Roger was he was the first boss I had that was basically a Christian boss that kept his values in the workplace as well as in his personal life. And just to be under a person like that is significant. He brought me along. He brought you along. And he just tried to surround himself with basically really good people, ethical people. And that was phenomenal. I think I worked directly for him for 30 years. So, I think I would agree with you that certainly Roger helped, I think, really transform the culture of our company into what it is today. And you certainly were a great aid in that as well. Now, you're getting ready to retire and you're getting ready to leave. And have you thought much about what it's going to feel like that first day when you wake up, you don't have anywhere to go, you don't have a job to do? It's all up to you. Maybe. It may be all up to Margaret, but you know what I'm saying. Right. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know exactly what it's going to feel like, but we're going to spend the next Basically, the next year we've got lots of big trips. So the first trip we're going to take is in February. So we'll be spending the first like three weeks just getting everything together for that big trip. So okay, now now where are you going? You're going to have to cough up some stuff. So let's see. I think in February to March we're going to New Zealand and Australia for three and a half weeks, and then throughout the year we have a trip to Southern Italy and we have a trip to Hawaii. So uh, we'll be pretty busy. And for some of those, I do some volunteer work for Unified Credit Union that some of those for me will be business trips. For Margaret, it'll be just a chance to get away and, and relax. Okay. You know, one of the great things, and I know I've experienced this, but I know you've experienced that too. We weren't doing a lot of traveling in our youth and in our early parts of our career. I tell people that when I graduated high school, I had spent two nights 
in a hotel when I graduated high school. And really, probably when I became a store manager, it wasn't a whole lot more than that at that time. And because of the job you've had here and the career and uh, the promotions and so forth, you're now able to really do some really cool stuff. And what's that feel like? feels wonderful, but at the same time, it feels like it's something I have to be on guard. Like, don't take it for granted as far as it's like, it's really is a blessing from God to be able to retire at 62 even and afford to take these trips. But like I said, early on, our biggest trip would be going overnight to Eureka Springs. We would never go far. And so I've just really enjoyed the last probably 10 years, we started taking bigger trips. And it really, the recommendation to everybody who, who might be listening is make sure you take your vacation time and whatever personal time you have, because you need that for your family too. And you need that to be a better associate for Harps. Well, that's good advice. And, uh, you know, I pulled your file, you know that, yeah, I and, I and I went back and looked at all the stuff that you wrote and said in your initial interviews and so forth. And I, I've mentioned this to you before, but on one of those documents, you were completing sentences. And, and I can't remember exactly how that sentence started, but it more or less said, what does retirement look like to you? And I think you didn't remember your response. I had to remind you that you said you would like to drive across the country in a motorhome. And I just want to ask you, today. Are you going to drive across the country in a motorhome, Jim? All I could say is I was 25 years old and really young and naive. There was no way I'd ever want to drive across the country in a motorhome. It's like, that just seems like a lot of work. But that was 37 years ago. I'm sure it sounded attractive at the time, but it's definitely not what I'm going to do. You know, the crazy thing is, even when I was young like that, I thought how cool it would be to drive across the country in a motorhome. But I don't think I wrote that down on anything. Well, Jim, let me say that you have done a fantastic job here. Well, thank you. And as I said in the article that I wrote, your value to the company goes way beyond. And, and when I think of the critical people in the history of our company. I put your name right up there with all of them because your contribution to make our company what it is today has been large. And I think all of us owe you a great deal of appreciation. And I know everybody. You know, I asked some people, you know, what would you say to Jim? And a lot of them said, well, I would ask him not to retire. <laughs> and I think, well, that's pretty cool because sometimes, you know, you get to this point in your career and everybody's ready for you to go. That's right. <laughs> and I can tell you, uh, that's not what I'm hearing. Uh, you know, I'm hearing, what are we going to do without him? And that's a great testimony to your character and the kind of legacy that you're leaving here. And I can't thank you enough for everything you've done. Well, I really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody I've worked with. And I know the company is under great leadership. And the people who will be taking over a lot of my responsibilities, Debbie Creek will be taking over a lot. Rhonda Albrecht and John Taylor will have to absorb a lot, a lot of incidental other areas. But the, all three of them are phenomenal. They're great young leaders, and they'll take the company far. Well, I agree with you, Jim, and I'm looking forward to what they're going to be able to do. But I know you're going to leave a big hole, and we're going to miss you. Well, I'll miss everybody I work with. That'll be the hardest part about leaving. 
I hope everyone's enjoyed getting to know a little bit more about our departing CFO, Jim Ants, a wonderful man who's done a fantastic job his entire career here at Harps. Thanks so much to Kim and Jim for hopping on today to share their stories and advice with us. We are sad to see Jim go, but so excited to watch out for what he will accomplish next on his new journey of retirement. Don't forget to subscribe to the Hometown Fresh channel and check the description below for more information and helpful resources related to this episode.